1: Hi, Mark. Uh, How are you doing, man?
2: Honestly, this is a rough day. I will warn you and the listeners, I'm basically running on empty. I I quite literally uh, didn't sleep last night uh, because of what happened yesterday.
1: Yes, and what Mark is referring to, of course, is uh, yet another school shooting that happened yesterday, this time in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children, fourth graders, little kids, fourth graders, and three of their adult teachers were killed by a gunman who was armed with body armor, a uh, assault rifle, um, and who happened to trap these kids in a room and killed every single one of them, which is just such a terrible, terrible thought.
2: Yeah, the, the details that are coming out are just absolutely horrific. And, and even yesterday it was one of those days where as the news cycle went on, the body count rose. But you know, from from the beginning, I actually have friends that, that live in Texas and they were mm. texting me because they were hearing about it, you know, on the local news, and it became, of course, very rapidly a national story that evokes so many, too many memories of this happening elsewhere. And there's almost like a litany. Of schools now, and we know the names not because of some sort of wonderful educational accolade, but because they have basically become the memorial sites to slain
1: children. It's literally getting to the point where these shootings happen so often, like, you have a difficult time even remembering them. You know, we remember the big ones, you know, Columbine, which was really probably one of the first big shootings, Newtown, which was another horrible massacre of young children in uh, 2012. Columbine was 1999. But I mean, there have been so many other shootings between those. And, you know, this is a public health crisis, or some people are phrasing it as a public health crisis, that we've been talking about for for you know more than twenty years now.
2: Well, that's that's exactly it. And li- listen, I I know right off the bat this is something that is highly political. Although it, it's interesting when you when you push back against it as a as a as a true public health disaster, you're told to respect the dead and not make a political issue out of it. Well, well I'm sorry that the reason that you have to is this is clearly a failing policy. Uh, I, I do not intend for the show to be political. I actually think I am remiss as a doctor if I don't speak up on behalf of the public health. And, and my voice is breaking right now because I am just broken for those kids. Like I saw, I saw someone uh, say yesterday that the main change between Sandy Hook and now is that children are now routinely drilled – on what to do in the event of an active shooter. And we have taught them to hide, to barricade, to run, and if necessary to fight. And that's the best we've come up with. We have tried to arm little kids with evasive maneuvers. And when that doesn't work, we just sort of throw up our hands and say, oh, well, I guess it happened again. And it's just, it's just got to stop. It is heartbreaking every single time. And it's just, this cannot go on in this country.
1: Yeah. And, and, and look, just going back to these, you know, these lockdown drills, you know, my kids go to school here in New York City. Um, we fortunately haven't had many of these, you know, types of mass shootings here in New York, I think in part because our gun laws are stricter here. But, you know, our kids still practice these drills. And, you know, how can you tell me that we're not traumatizing kids with these drills? I've heard that in some schools, like, you know, they'll actually have law enforcement come in to simulate uh, a shooting event. I mean, how does that not traumatize young children? And how, again, like, how do we accept this? Most people favor some kind of gun reforms. 59% of people uh, in a recent study that I, was actually done before this Uvalde shooting said that 59% of people have thought it was very important or important to pass stricter gun laws. And I just don't know how we just continuously throw our hands up and say it's okay for somebody to go buy, legally buy a gun and then go blow away a whole classroom of the future, you know, because, you know, everybody should have a right to own a gun. Yeah, there
2: were some really chilling details, actually, about these drills. And I saw teachers commenting online. One, this just really got to me said that the the teacher is trained that if there is a child who gets locked outside the room, who is banging on the door and begging to come in, that they're not supposed to let them in because that could be the shooter, you know, coercing them to do that. And then they're gaining access to the room. It's just all these horrendous, chilling scenarios. And it's interesting, you know. The Onion, you know, a a satirical newspaper. Now, every time this happens, runs a headline, and the, and they say, "No way to prevent this." Says only nation where this regularly happens. And you know, obviously, you know, there's so much truth in that, in that biting attempt at humor. And in fact, their 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 homepage today is just a aggregation of all the times they have run the headline. And when you see them like collected together like that it just it it takes your breath away in in the worst possible way
1: yeah. And again, you know, if you think the about our role as physicians, you know, our goal, our our the oath that we take is to help people live happier, healthier lives. And, you know, again, as, as a physician, you know, forget the whole politics of guns. You just see, you know, recurrent events where large numbers of people are killed. And again, there's the physical killing of the bodies of these children. But then think about their families, think about their siblings, think about the school community. Those people will never be the same again the emotional trauma is so great for them and then you know and again and those are the publicized shootings you know f- Few people really understand that if you have a gun, you're more likely to kill yourself or kill somebody you love than you are to kill an intruder in your home. So, you know, I think like as 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 physicians, you know, I see this again as a, as a public health issue that, you know, this product that's being sold and, you know, a product that is being used in a certain way is causing severe physical and emotional trauma. And, you know, we have to figure out a way to 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 do better.
2: you know less people think that we're just sort of being so reactive to to these awful shootings i was actually trained as a resident to ask about gun ownership as a as a part of the social history as a part of a mm-hmm. safety check it was in no way an attempt to undermine someone's second amendment rights it was looking out for their health and safety just as we screen for other potential threats and, and I think that's where this has gotten so charged and, and politically riven where I think actually medicine can come at it from an apolitical stance in terms of assessing risk. There is clearly risk. Where things get political is how do we fix it? And you know, listeners to the show will know I'm originally from Scotland. Scotland actually had a horrendous school shooting. 26 years ago in a small Mm -hmm. town called Dunblane. I used to go there and and play there with one of my friends growing up. So when that happened, Dunblane, it, it chilled me to the bone. But since then, the British government, far from perfect, believe me, responded by enacting incredibly tight gun control legislation. And in all the time since, there have been a grand total of zero school shootings in the UK. And I'm citing that just as the example to me that we can actually do something. We don't have to keep adopting
1: this attitude of learned helplessness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think... As I think about the public health approach and you know educating people about the public health issue related to firearms, you know I'm just confronted with the fact that I think that any kind of public health communication in this country at this point is 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 difficult because the country is so polarized we are you know there's certain populations of people certain groups who like don't want to believe any kind of expert at all. And, you know, to some extent like to see what happened with COVID. I, I even yes. wonder whether a public health approach works better. And and I'll tell you, you know, one approach that I think might work is helping people to travel outside of their country to other places to see how other people live. You know, I've been to, I've been all over Europe. I've been to Asia. Like people in France don't worry about going to the mall and getting shot, right? People in Spain don't worry about driving on the highway and getting cut off and getting your head blown off. And I think to some extent, we have to help Americans understand that other affluent developed countries, people don't live with this fear of being shot anytime.
2: Yeah, you know when there were those spasms of violence in Paris several years ago. I mean, those were those were terrorist acts, and and I think they were so shocking because they were exceptional in French society. And I agree with you. I mean, having an attitude of isolationism is not helpful, essentially, because to your point, it makes you think as if this is the only way it can be. It, yeah, I just uh, this is one of the saddest days I can uh, remember, and, and I also agree with you that. The COVID story, the story of messaging around a pandemic is not one of national unification. It's one of bitter division. And and I may have said this to you before, JL, you being a New Yorker, Mm -hmm. the last time I can actually remember a true spirit of national unity was right after 9-11, 20 years ago. And I, I feel like ever since then, we have never recaptured that sense of unity in some ways it feels like we're just getting more fragmented uh not drawn more together
1: absolutely and and, and look man i i really do believe that we need to think about um, this issue of polarization, because I think this issue of polarization is not only a public health risk, right? Because again, we demonstrated that because we're a divided country, we couldn't respond effectively to this pandemic. I think it's a national security risk, right? Yeah. Uh, a risk that the United States faces as a country if we don't really deal with this. And then obviously you can collapse the, the gun issue, uh, you know, the gun debate into this as well. Um, but I think we we have to do better and, you know, and, and hopefully, Hopefully, these small children in Uvalde, Texas will not have died in vain. Um, You know, there's part of me, Mark, that, you know, I I was touched emotionally by this last night, but there was another part of me was like, hey, man, this this is probably going to happen again. And, you know, maybe there is, you know, in my life, in the world of dealing with people with addiction, you know, you'll see people who go to treatment. 10 times, and it's the 11th time that finally wakes them up, you know? Yes. And my hope is that maybe this is the one that wakes people up. Maybe this is the one when we see it's little, little kids, and we see that the shooter was engaged by police officers who couldn't stop that person. You know, maybe this is the one that allows us to say, okay, we need to do something better. We need to take a different approach because this is not healthy and this is not a way we should live.
2: You know, the way you related that to what you see in your practice is really powerful. This will be my last word. You know, Sandy Hook, that was 2012. As a doctor, I have seen so much medical progress in the last decade, but I have seen zero progress in this area. And, and you're right. I mean, as horrendous as Sandy Hook was, as horrendous as all the school shootings between then and now have been, maybe this is the one that will finally catalyze change. On a day like today, that's really all we can hope for.
1: For sure and god bless those kids man god bless those families and and uh, and hopefully we can we can figure out something better than this
2: thanks and thanks to our listeners for listening to this one we just felt it was important to talk about it in a timely fashion and uh and release our thoughts so thank you
0: that's all for now if you like this show be sure to subscribe leave a review follow us on social and tell all of your friends to listen Do you have a medical question or concern? Ask us by leaving a message at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-283-4666. Or you can email us at isitserious at offscript.com. And we might just use your question in a future show. Is It Serious is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producers are Joey Brenneman and Ariel Nachman. Our hosts are Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune and Dr. Mark Lewis. Our researcher is Emma Gomez, and our sound mixer is Kyle Moore. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail,